really excited, but I always find that I need some help with Christmas as well. So I went on to YouTube this week, and I thought, let's put in how to make the perfect Christmas bauble. I thought that would be a good start, all right? Uh, how many, <laughs> wait, wait for it, how many examples do you think that brought up? 10,900 results as to how to make a Christmas bauble. That's an awful lot of baubles, all right? Uh, next one, I thought, well, perhaps I could have a perfect Christmas. A perfect Christmas. Uh, for that, I got about 54 million results as to how to have a perfect Christmas. And I don't know how perfect your Christmas has been in the past, how perfect you think your Christmas will be next weekend. And I actually have some wonderful uh, memories of childhood Christmases that were great. But I'm going to need some help this morning. And I wondered if somebody would like to come out and hold a sign for me. One of the children would like to come and just hold a sign at the front this morning. Yep, come on, Mary. That'd be great. Come and stand on the stage for us. I don't know what your Christmas was like, but my Christmas always consisted of one of these. That way. A random relative who only ever turned up on Christmas Day. Never knew who she was, never really knew where she came from. Only ever remember that when she kissed us, she had quite a hairy wart. (laughs) And when she used to come in for the kiss, she realised that actually she didn't have any teeth either. So these lips sort of protruded and gave you that family kiss. And then she would disappear for the other 364 days of the year, never to be seen again, until you went through the whole routine again the Christmas after. Does anybody else relate to that? And I would say to my parents every year, who is she? Where does she come from? And then the ultimate question, does she really have to come? And does she have to have the TV really that loud? And every year they would say, Yes, she does. That's great aunt. Great aunt needs to come. You see, they didn't really do Christmas our way. They did it differently to the way I would have wanted. And you know, looking back, it was a great family Christmas. And if you think about it, when we think about the Christmas story as we've seen presented so well this morning, God didn't really do it our way either, did he? It was very different. Because there's a danger with such an amazing story that it all becomes a bit of a fairy tale. Could I have another person to hold a sign for me? That would be great. Who'd like to hold this one? Brilliant. Come on, Star. Come and stand this side. Stand up there for me. You see, all too often, the Christmas story just becomes a bit of a fairy tale. It seems a bit more like a John Lewis advert than actually the real-life story of a God who steps down into the mess and radical situation of our world and wants to come as a man. Because he didn't seem to do it our way. Because surely if we were to organise here a light life this morning, we would have said, well, let's get a few things in order. If we're going to send the king, king of kings into the world, then let's at least get it announced worldwide, not just to a few shepherds on a hill. And for goodness sake, you could at least book a hotel in advance, couldn't you? Because then, of course, there also comes his birth. Could I have another person hold a sign for me? Yep, come on up. Be great. Come and stand next to Mary there, that'd be great. You see, because we also end up with a birth that demonstrates so clearly that this is God with us. We learn that he's to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. But talk about bad family planning. Mary and Joseph are going to have a baby. (coughs) I'm going to need a glass of water if somebody can help me with that as well, please. That'd be great if you've got one just now. (coughs) <coughs> Sorry. Thank you. Mary and Joseph are going to have a baby, and they're going to have a baby right at the time of the census. Not great timing. 
Thank you. Everybody's struggling with voices this time of year. Christmas comes at a terrible time of year, doesn't it? (laughs) So Emmanuel, God with us. But don't we see that this is the character of God? The God who comes to us rather than waiting for us to go to him. How awesome is that? A God who comes to us rather than waiting for us to come to him. A God who comes to us, thank you very much, John, in our vulnerability. And so he comes as a vulnerable baby, open to rejection. What happens when Mary and Joseph knock on that inn door? What does the innkeeper say? No. And God has been rejected right from that very first knock on the door. No fanfare, no baby, no baby celebrations, just that little trough, that little feeding trough in which they lay in. And yet, I need another person to hold a sign. One more. Come on, final one. Thank you hop up there for me. <clears throat> and yet what we find is it's a place that is fit for a king. This is the character of God. This is God who is Emmanuel, God with us. A God who gets down in the dirt with us. It's a bit like this. <clears throat> you see, we may think of this as a nice little picture, a nice little fairy tale. But actually, with all the animals that would have been there, and all the mess that would have been around, all the smells, all the lack of preparation, really, for this king, it would actually have been a bit of a mess, a bit of a stench, a bit of an ugly situation. But you see, God comes in the way that he chooses to come. Not in the way we might do it, with all perfect and ready. But he comes into the mess. And he comes because he longs to have that relationship with us. Bohemian Rhapsody, as you know, was performed by Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury said this. You can have everything in this world and still be the loneliest man. Success has brought me world idolization and millions of pounds, but it's prevented me from having the one thing we all need. A loving, ongoing relationship. You see, the most amazing thing about Christmas is that it's God with us. That God comes to meet with us. To have that loving, ongoing relationship. And yet, we take him and we destroy him. A man who comes to bring us that love. And yet, we take him and destroy him. It's almost like our mess wasn't too much for him, but it was too much for us to have someone come and show us a way out of it. And you know, this is still God's plan today. That Jesus who comes into the mess of our lives and says, actually, I've come that you might have life and have it in all fullness. But, just like he came then, he doesn't come with a great fanfare. He doesn't come with the world news chasing him. He just comes quietly if we let him in. If we let him in. You see, we love a saviour who died and rose again that we might know life in all its fullness, but only if we accept him. So this Christmas, I reckon we've got a choice. We can decide simply to keep Christmas as a nice, safe little fairy tale. It's nice and safe. It's not really going to impact us. And you know what? We'll do it all again next year, won't we? Or we can accept that actually this is... Can you hold that sign up for me? This is... Not just a little baby in a manger, turn it around for me, but actually God with us. This is God with us. And you know, we can accept that actually we are far from perfect. If we were perfect, Jesus didn't need to come. 
But the fact that we're imperfect means that actually, even in the mess that we find ourselves, we're fit for a king. That Jesus desperately wants to get to know each one of us. So this Christmas, my hope is this, that we don't have a perfect Christmas, but actually that we have an imperfect Christmas. Because I believe that's where Jesus feels more at home. In the imperfections, because he comes to transform us towards that perfection that only he can bring. One more thought. Whatever you do this Christmas, don't let Jesus be that awkward relative who only turns up once a year at Christmas time. Jesus is not just for Christmas. Jesus is for life, and life transforms. Why don't you remember that as we head into this Christmas time? Let's all round of applause for those who helped us. Kirsty comes up. Thank you. Thank you very much. The battery seats is great. And Kirsty's going to just come up because Kirsty has discovered something special of that Jesus who comes to us over this last six months or so. Kirsty, tell us a little bit about what the last six months has meant for you. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, hello. <laughs> Um, I'm Kirsty, and I guess I'm a bit of a living testimony to what John has just said. Um, six months ago, my life was in a very different place. There's no way I would be up here talking to all you people. Um, I was very scared this morning, and the Lord spoke to me and said, Don't worry, Kirsty, you're among family now. Six months ago, I was hanging around outside of this church, and I was too ashamed to walk through the door. Um, I've suffered from mental illness for over 20 years, and at that point, I was extremely heavily medicated on three lots of medication, and I was suffering from post-traumatic stress as a result of childhood trauma. Um, I just left an abusive relationship. I was homeless with two children. And my life was the epitome of a mess. Um, I have been saved as a child, luckily. I think that was the saving grace here and the message I really want to give you all. Um, my childhood was not great, as you can imagine, um, from what I've told you. And luckily for me, well, not luckily for me, I shouldn't say that really. Fortunately, a kind neighbour brought me to the Lord. The neighbour ran the church lads and church girls gate and brought me to know Jesus through him. And I guess through all the trials in my life, I thought, well, I can sort it out myself. That's where I've gone wrong. I can sort it out myself. If I just do X, Y, or Z, I can fix my life. And actually, no, I couldn't fix my life. It wasn't until... Jesus blessed me by bringing some wonderful people into my life who I now consider family, um, one of those being Liz, and we met, and it was not a coincidence, and she said to me, why don't you come to church? And I laughed, and I laughed with joy, and I said, I've been hanging around outside of church, and I just can't walk through the doors. I'm such a sinner, I can't walk through those doors, and she did. She said to me, <laughs> yes, you can, and here I am. And now I'm amongst family. I'm on no medication. The Lord has provided me with a home. The Lord has furnished my home. And I guess my message for you today is, please just pray. The power of prayer is amazing. And once you accept the Lord Jesus into your life, anything is possible.
Kirsty, thank you so much. That was incredible courage as well. Isn't that just what we celebrate this Christmas, that God comes and God transforms life?